Welcome to the Eye of Terror. Hi, and welcome again to our special Halloween episode of the Eye of Terror. I'm George. And I'm Alec. And we play 40K. (laughs) (laughs) So today's episode is going to be Halloween themed. Um, We're going to be talking about some scary things. This is uh, our spoopiest episode to date. Indeed. And if you're listening to this, hopefully you're uh, listening to it before uh, Halloween, but if not, um, it'll bring you back to that fine day. Probably my favorite holiday. Yeah, easily one of my favorites. Yeah. Easily. What's not to like about free candy? Come on. (laughs) And scaring people. And scaring people. Scaring people is the best thing. Let's get into our first segment. 40K's most frightening units. Indeed. So you're going to go down and give us your list of uh, the top three scariest units in 40K. Not not necessarily like the best and most competitive units. Yeah, just the solely from a fluff, fluff perspective. Yeah, yeah. And then I'll, I'll yeah. tell you mine, and then and then we'll tell we'll go over what Reddit said was the scariest three units. Um, okay, so let's let's go down your list. What what were you what did you think was the scariest units in 40K? All right. Well, let's start off with the Necrons. Favorite murderers, the flayed ones. Ooh, flayed ones. All right, what what makes them scary? Well, besides them inherently being Necrons, undying murder machines with this, who have the sole intent of killing you, yes, you, these ones have been infected with some weird virus thing. I'm not even sure that's possible in technology. With technology, I guess it's a technological virus. But they would, they don't just kill you. They skin you Ooh. alive. Yeah, that's pretty gross. Not only are they, not only are they. Hard, extremely hard to kill, taking a ton of shots to put down, and not, they're not even necessarily dying to huge nuclear weapons, but they are going to skin you alive. Pro- they will pry you from your flak armor or your power armor and start cutting. All right. That's it. Well, the flayed ones are a good call. All right. I'm, I'm with you on that. Uh, okay. Next. What's your next scary unit? The Eversor Assassin. The Eversor. Okay. Why Why the Eversor? The Eversor. Okay. So... Uh, the Sulexus is often seen, at least in the fluff, as being kind of spoopy, but he already inherently creeps people out, so yeah. that's kind of cheating. So, um, I think the Everest were scarier because, besides being a blood-soaked maniac who goes on, whose essentially entire purpose is going on massive killing sprees to demoralize the enemy, he has to be put in stasis because they aren't able to control him really <laughs> so they have to just keep him in stasis until the next mission he lives for death and he doesn't care where he gets it from there's an audio drama that i listened to i forget what the name of it is but the guy doing the voice of the eversor made him sound completely unhinged yeah because like, he <laughs> just point me to the enemy because <laughs> he's just he like is that. a maniac he's <laughs> yeah they hop him up on st- Friends drugs on. and steroids, yes. friends yeah. on. And then, then, then when he he's finally killed, what and does he do? He explodes. <laughs> he explodes and then takes out more people. All right, so that's he's pretty scary. All right, now your third choice for scariest unit. All right. Uh, so I, this is uh, an army that I feel has gotten a, a bit less attention than it should. Okay. The Alpha Legion. All right. Why? Why the Alpha Legion? The Alpha they because okay think the thing. For all you whore fans out there, think the thing, mm-hmm. except there's more than one of them. They could be anyone. They info. They have to go into deep, deep cover. They might not even know they're part of the Alpha Legion. That's that takes some dedication. 
So it could be it could be your friend, it could be your commanding officer, it could be the guy in charge, it could be the governor of the planet, it could be a chapter master. So so for you it's that not knowing that paranoia yeah. that the Alpha Legion instills whenever they're deployed. Exactly. And then all of a sudden when they finally fight you, yeah. all of a sudden your buddies are some are just shooting each other, creating massive confusion. And well, it's just terrifying. Well, okay, I, I have to agree. I think the Alpha Legion, uh, for a modern boogeyman, um, they're pretty scary. Because if you can't even trust your, you know, yeah. your bre- battle brother, then you've, mm-hmm. yeah, it's an ugly world out there. All right, so let me give you mine. Alrighty. Okay, uh, coming in at number three, the Demon Prince. Mm. <laughs> ah. The Demon, because they were, uh, first of all, it was a space marine yeah. that... Turned to chaos. Okay, yeah, traitor. Then worked hard and did all kinds of horrible things. Yes, he did. To become a chaos champion. Indeed he did. Right? And then was so horrible and killed so many people and pleased the chaos god so much through his horrible things that he finally aspired to become a demon prince. So to me, it's like evil upon evil upon evil. And then not only do you... You're not born a demon prince... Like you become one. This is this is something you're gifted by the chaos gods. Indeed, that's that's pretty horrible, right there. That's pretty evil. Then you can't kill them, really. No, and then they and just then, get sent back to a warp, right? And they're super fast, and they can fly, and they're just like, oh, to me, they're. Whenever I face them on the battlefield, yeah. um, I know I'm going to have a hard time. Yeah. Um, they're scary. They're just inherently scary. I don't like demon princes. All right. Hmm. Uh, next up, Lamartis. Yes, All right? from uh, the Blood Angels. So I love his backstory. Uh, he was suffering from the Black Rage, and he was a member of Death Company. And then uh, he survived his battle. But when uh, Astrath came to put him out of his misery, he found him. He found he found him wild-eyed but lucid, like he was actually okay. And it was through will alone that he managed to suppress the Black Rage. And so now he's known as the Guardian of the Lost, and he acts as a chaplain for death company but anytime he's wounded like he goes crazy again and his stats go up so he's like this guy that's just like barely holding on <laughs> like barely holding on you know and, he, and then he doesn't hold on and he becomes this sort of crazy killer again but then at the end of the battle if he survives he holds on again so to me he's like this contained rage that's pretty scary like like a madman on the verge constantly of going insane yeah, that's, that actually is pretty, in terms of blood-soaked maniacs, he's a good choice. Thank you. Thank you very much. All right, so my my, my final choice, uh, the number one scariest thing, I think, are the Melta Babies. Oh, <laughs> yeah. no. Yeah, okay, so, no, think about it. I want you to think about this. <laughs> I think the scariest thing, the what kind of a system exists in the Imperium that they take babies, remove certain baby parts, Replace it with like metallic, robotic, cybernetic parts, graft on wings, and then t- and tell them to carry around the melt bombs. <laughs> That's pretty scary, right? They get, they could just they what they represent. I think is the scariest thing I've because seen. because they represent their baby parts. <laughs> yeah, I mean, where did they on. get the babies? Yeah, where do they get the? I mean, the uh, to me, this represents like the horror of the Imperium. We need more. Ba- we need more babies for our melt for, for our, our melt babies. babies. Yeah, we need. We, hey, some devastators. We've got some new devastators signed up. Gotta go find uh, uh, some baby parts so we can build another <laughs> melt baby. That's 
horribly frightening. Yeah, I, that's, I, that, that to is me, quite, that represents the darkest parts of the uh, Imperium. That, that's quite grotesque. Yeah. All right. All right. So let's talk about Reddit's uh, top three um, scariest units. We, we conducted a poll on Reddit um, earlier in the month, and this is what the fine folks there came back with. Uh, num- number one, their number, well, I'll start with number three. Their number three the scariest unit was uh, just in general, the Dark Eldar. Yes, which are definitely a solid choice. Yeah, uh, uh, one guy summed it up this way. Uh, Dark Eldar, chaos is pretty bad, torturing people, reveling in despair and depravity. But then you have to think about the Eldar. They're far beyond humanity in terms of creativity, intelligence, and power. When they get corrupted, it's just horrifying. And the worst part of it is they're doing it completely willingly. They're corrupting themselves so badly, chaos doesn't even F with them. That's terrifying. All right. Okay. okay. Good point. All right. Good and point. you got you got a lot of you got a lot of thumbs up on that one. So you got a lot of red gold for for summarizing it that way. Though I think Slanesh takes their souls when they die. I'm not sure though. Eh, well, or no, they have regeneration thing of a Bobber's I forget. Yeah. Regardless. Regardless, they're horrible torturers yeah. with a creepy BDSM vibe. Ugh. Yeah. Ugh. <laughs> All right. Uh, next on Reddit's list of scariest things in 40k, games workshop prices. <laughs> yeah, they, uh, yeah, that's pretty scary. They uh, sends chills down your spine. It does. God, oh. this hobby's expensive. <laughs> it's crazy expensive. Oh my oh god, my. it's scary. Oh. It's scary. You know what's scary? Is trying, starting a new army is scary. Yeah, that's that's horrifying. Because yeah. you're starting, you're starting Tau now. Yeah. Okay. So let's let's talk about that for a second. Um. All right. So I got the storm surge. Yes. Uh, yes. And I've started building it, and I think you've seen it. Oh, I've seen it. I've seen it. And it looks awesome. First it of all, the, awesome. the model is amazing. It's probably the most fun model to build that I've uh, worked on so far. Or um, can't stop from drooling. The detail on this uh, model is amazing. Um, and it's easy to build, uh, but just, just complicated because there's so many parts. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, it yeah. still looks amazing. The detail on the, on, on the model itself is amazing. But, you know, I can't just have the storm surge. You got to have the units yeah. around it. So I started looking into it a little bit. Uh, yeah. I, I got a ghost kill. Yes, I saw suit. that. Right. And then as of today. Yes. Today we're talking on, we're recording on October 25th. As of today, a whole bunch of leaks came out for the Tau Codex. The Tau Codex isn't out yet, yeah. but um, uh, leaks are all over the internet now. Yeah. And there's a uh, stealth unit with ghost kill. Uh, a stealth suit, and then two stealth suit units, also um, uh, a formation that would be part of a formation. Okay, so it's a it's a ghost keel, and then two squads of yes of okay of stealth suits, and of they well, suits. they create something called the Wall of Mirrors, yeah. and when they shoot, I think they get plus one ballistic skill, uh, ignore uh, well, it's either one of the two, it could be both, um, ignore cover, yeah, and if they're shooting at vehicles, they automatically hit the rear armor. Yeah, that's insane. That's insane, right? And then the ghost kill is insane because it's an awesome suit. And yeah. It's got stealth and shrouded and has the stealth drones and it's it's just awesome. So, okay. So, I'll, t- I'll tell you what I got on order that's coming to make up my, my Tau army. Okay. Okay. Uh, I got a Tau commander. There's oh, yeah. a new Tau commander model. Okay, okay, cool. I've got a unit of fire warriors. Yeah, that's all. Well, yeah, you need those. <laughs> yep. I got a unit of pathfinders, mostly for the marker lights. Marker light. Yep. I got two units of cell suits just to make up this formation. Yeah, which is it sounds so, so cool. A unit of crisis suits. All right. Okay. And uh, a devil fish to carry around the fire warriors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. transports. They're, they're squishy. They're super squishy. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, the, the toughness stream is going to be fun playing these guys. Um, 
I, their weaponry is awesome, but man, they're, they are definitely squishy. That's for sure. Okay, so let's get back to um, the, uh, the list. So the number one scariest unit, according to Reddit, is Lucius the Eternal. Indeed. What do, what do you think of that? Well, as a Chaos fan, I certainly understand why. <laughs> he is quite a horrifying figure. Yes. Uh, they described him as uh, Lucius the Eternal. If you defeat him in singular combat, the only way you can ensure he remains dead is if you took no pleasure whatsoever in the deed. If you felt any satisfaction... Chaos will warp you into the new Lucius with your screaming face forever etched into his armor. Yeah, it's kind of insane. And besides that, what space marine isn't going to take a little bit of pleasure? Of course. Because they're, they're, they look for, I've, I've, they're all about glory and honor. I just, oh. I just took down Lucius the Eternal, a, a major yes. chieftain in the Chaos armies. And yeah. I don't think they know about it either. No. I, which makes it even crazier. Right. So they just get subtly corrupted by Chaos and they're slowly, you get slowly turned into a Lucius. Yeah. Hence the Eternal. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so uh, let's take a quick, quick, quick break, and then when we come back, we're going to talk about um, a non-40k game that is quite scary. This is Jeff Kanata from the We Have Concerns podcast, and you're listening to Eye of Terror. And we're back. All right, so we played um, a really fun game uh, a couple nights ago. Yes, we did. Uh, it's set in the Lovecraftian universe. Indeed. And so uh, I want to talk about it a little bit. Um, Mansions of Madness. Oh, yes. For any, any Lovecraft fans, or just horror fans in general, or just fans of good games, this is a really fun, fun game. It's a great, it's a great tribute to Lovecraft. It has great uh, story. It has great fluff aspects. It has great gameplay, and it's just an all-around fun time. Yeah, um, it's a game from Fantasy Flight Games. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a pretty big board game. It comes with a lot of pieces, a lot of cards, a lot of tokens. It comes with a lot of miniatures, which is why we're yeah. talking about it on the show. And it really gets the Lovecraftian sort of horror elements right. Oh yes, uh, I love also the adaptability of of the game. Like no two games are ever going to be alike. The, the general premise is that um, your your party goes to a location to investigate some sort of mystery. Yeah, and uh, there are there are players who play the investigators, and they're usually like archetypes. You know, yeah, like, we like, have like, uh, the hard boiled detective, right? And, uh, uh, the the scientist, the scientist, the scientist. Right. Yes. Uh, I think there's a the mobster, the wanderer. Right, the the um, dime store psychic, <laughs> right? So they're all like nineteen twenties kind of characters yeah. that are investigating, you know, uh, some mystery within a location. The locations themselves are built by these uh, these cardstock, um, beautifully printed, yeah, um, floor, floor tiles that are both interiors and exteriors. There's things like caves and crypts. There's also um, house, you know, yeah. tiles like you know patios and bathrooms, there are and lab- bedrooms. There are laboratories, yeah, and and, and weird nurseries and uh, yeah. It, you what you do is you you select one of the five sort of general stories, and then you build the location using these tiles. 
And then, uh, then you're, there's two there's two types of players. There are people playing the investigators, and then there are people playing the keeper. And the keeper is the one that knows who the main mystery is. Yeah. He's sort of a, kind of a dungeon master type of type of person. Yeah, right. They they create they seed the location with locks, with traps, with um, with things that can be helpful, and, cl- and most importantly, with clues. Now, what really gives the game its replay value, though, is how it is essentially. The story, the specifics of the story are decided by the keeper. Right. Which defines where these objects are, what type of clues they are, and ultimately what the objective is. Right. And then the the keeper uh, sort of seeds the location. The investigators enter the location and then start start looking for clues to try and solve the mystery. Um, The way the keepers, so the way the, the investigators work is that they get to move twice and then do an action and that action could be explore the room which means they can uncover clues or find locks or or some sort of obstacles they could attack a monster if they find a monster there um they could run which gives them an extra movement right yes and so what the keeper does during his turn is that for however many number of investigators there are in the in the premises that's how many threat points that the keeper gets and then the keeper uses threat points to do different, you know, abilities. So most of them involve uh, summoning monsters. Yes, yeah, to try and to try and stop. And you're summoning things like uh, zombies or witches. They're all very Lovecraftian. Zombies, yeah. witches. Well, I mean, Migos, Shoggoths, Shoggoths. Yeah, uh, the Hound uh, of Phylos or whatever. Uh, and uh, cultists, lots of cultists. Oh, cultists, cultists, <laughs> axe wielding maniacs. <laughs> Yeah, uh, it all feels very Lovecraftian, and the yeah. clues are all very Lovecraftian. The stories are all very sort of eldritch horror type yeah. of stuff, right? And there's usually some sort of ritual that needs to be performed, yeah, or some, some blood sacrifice that needs to be stopped. Some rift in time and space is going to be opened. Yes, something's got something a, horrible is going to happen. A creepy uncle has summoned you to his mansion to yeah. you know you know find him or something. So it's all that. That's how it all works out. The game is super hard. Oh, it's, it's so hard. Super hard. Both for the keeper and for the investigator. Because there are quite literally situations where both sides lose. Yeah. Both sides lose. And that's <laughs> yeah. that's insane. Yeah, and I think that happens most of the time because there's a countdown clock. The story is constantly progressing. There are certain re- events that get revealed um, that move the story along. That may, They may also summon monsters or other major characters in the story may suddenly appear somewhere in the premises. Um, but you, you, both the investigators and the keeper have to be mindful of their objectives. Sometimes they're kind of like hidden until later in the game and try to achieve the objectives or you're going to end up in a situation where both parties lose. Like everyone goes insane. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> which, is, yeah. which is always what happens in a Lovecrafting game. Uh, the setup is really complicated when you first play it. it it's almost overwhelming the, the, the kind of uh, stuff that you have to set out. It takes a good like half an hour to 45 minutes just to set up the initial game. Yeah, but if if you're playing this, you've played 40K, <laughs> yeah. so I think you'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, you'll be fine. You'll be like, what? This is easy. <laughs> ah, come on. Right. Uh, so so as a, as a nice break for from 40K, if you want to play a great miniatures game. Oh, and the game itself comes with, like as I said, a lot of a lot of miniatures, and they're really well detailed. Um, you can paint them if you want. Right now yes. they're gray plastic, but they're pretty cool, and they, they all have their individual little attribute traits, you know, for how scary they are and what kind of powers <laughs> they have. Uh, the, uh, the one critique I have for the game, one, it's it, two, two critiques. One, it's super hard, um, so it's really hard to win. Well, that's not necessarily a critique. I don't like to win. 
<laughs> I have to win every time. Yeah. Okay. Okay, Dad. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, and two, the combat system's weird. Yeah, the sound. Yeah, the combat system's a little janky. Yeah, you're. Uh, whenever the investigators want to shoot at a monster, instead of rolling dice, um, you have a deck of cards, and depending on the kind of threat they're facing, either eldritch beast or humanoid you draw from the deck you draw from the appropriate deck and you keep drawing until you get the appropriate like a type of attack yeah range like ranged weapon versus a monster and then and then that gives it a, and then it gives you a roll to do yeah then you then then yeah there's like a sort of like a, a some way of describing how the attack is going like oh you like your you clumsily reach for your gun yeah test so- your dexterity yeah, you know, it's a, so the the combat system is fun in the sense that it's kind of story driven. It's yeah, part it's of the story, story. It's part of the story, which is fine. But it's a. I feel like there's a. There might have been a better way to do it. I'm no game designer. I'm no game designer. Right. You, we we were in a situation in our game when um we got mired down in the crypt. Oh yeah. And uh, basically, I kept summon, summoning zombies to stop your investigators, and my zombies ended up gnawing your detective's face. Yeah, detective's face. <laughs> he kept dropping his gun. He kept getting scared, dropping his gun. Oh and yeah. The zombies so- Coming on his face. It was so ridiculous. That was funny. Yeah, it was funny. Oh, uh, so if you uh, are of a mind and you love Lovecraft, and you you probably do if you play 40k, check out Mansions of Madness from Fantasy Flight Games. Um, we enjoy playing it, um, and I, we think you will too. Okay, we're back. Uh, we want to get into one more Halloween theme themed thing before we get into our battle report, and that is our favorite 40k themed horror movie. Yes, not not canon. No, not canon. It's not canon. Not because, canon because the only 40k movie that's out there now is this the, Ultramarine one. It's, I I don't I don't know. I've seen parts of it. it's horrible, and <laughs> but, oh. but it's not a horror movie. It's just a horrible movie. Got it. <laughs> no, yeah. the, the movie that we're talking about um, is Event Horizon. Event Horizon. If you guys have not seen Event Horizon, do yourself a favor. I I don't know if it's still on Netflix, but um, definitely try to find it on Netflix, Amazon, or HBO Go or something. I think from a 40k perspective, this is the closest thing you get to um, humans discovering the, the warp. warp. Yeah, the, the basic premise is that a ship. That has long been lost. An exploratory ship that it, had a. Um, it was supposed to go into some alternate dimension of space or whatever in order to travel. Right. Disappeared for however long, and then it suddenly reappeared. So now this other crew has to go ship. investigate. Yeah. And what has to see what happened? It, it's in, it's way out near Saturn or Jupiter. It, it reappears, and um, so uh, an exploratory team is sent to go get it. Um, as they they go and and aboard the ship and they realize that all kinds of horrors have taken there have happened there yeah there's body parts everywhere there's blood everywhere um it looks like the crew went insane yeah and uh and attacked each other and and they find video evidence that's ridiculously scary oh yeah it's it's ridiculous like (laughs) The whole concept is that this is, I think the director or the writer, I, I heard in an interview a while ago, 
was a haunted house in space. Yeah, it was. What would would that look like? What would that look? Yeah, it was. It's very. It's very much warp like because it's sort of. It implies a supernatural element to whatever alternate dimension they showed up. Some sort of inconceivable hellscape. Yes, they. Oh, so the 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 heart of the ship is this experimental engine. That looks very Hellraiser. Yeah, it looks very Hellraiser. <laughs> it has, has a lot of pointy bits, like a giant spinning ball with yeah. pointy bits all over it. Um, that uh, rips a hole in time and space and it allows for a warp to be created, in essence a wormhole, and the ship goes from point A to point B by folding space-time kind of a thing. But when it enters this alternate dimension to make that trip, something is on you know, on the other side. Yeah. And it's it's possible that it may have even given the ship some sort of sentence. In a in a way, yes, it's sort of yeah. something stayed with that ship. Uh, you guys should check this out because it it really has the feel like it like imagine humanity first discovering the warp and not knowing the kind of things that are found in the warp, and this is their first foray. This would totally feel like canon yeah. in the 40k universe because this this would be like an early chapter in the in first humans. warp drive. Exactly the first warp drive. Um, so so that's our that's our favorite um, 40k themed horror film. Indeed. Yeah. So when we get back, uh, we are going to talk about today's battle report, which featured the Iron Hands and Skatari against the Imperial Guard. Okay, we'll see you in a sec. All right, we're back. And yes. All right, so a fun game? Uh, oh, yes. Clo- close game? Very close. Very two point, di- like one point difference. All right. So l- let me tell you what. Um, we, I played uh, Iron Hands and uh, Skitari, and I'll tell you why. Um, I have been, I just built another uh, unit of Skitari, Vanguard, and, and some Vanguard and some Rangers. And I really hadn't played Skitari in a while, and I wanted to play with them. So I was committed to playing uh, a Skatari Maniple no matter what I did. And of course they pair well with a Space Marines army because uh, you want to use drop pods when you play, play Skatari. So I decided to go with Iron Hands, which I love playing Iron Hands. And uh, I, here's my here's my list. Uh, chapter Master, Smash Effer. Mm-hmm. Okay, so he's a, he's a Chapter Master on a bike with a Gorgon's Chain, which gives him a 3-plus invuln. He wears Artificer Armor, so he's already a 2-plus armor save. And it's plus 1 on his Feel No Pain, so his Feel No Pain is 5-up. So he's got a 2-up, 3-up, 5-up. He has Eternal Warrior. And then as an Iron Hand, he has the ability to regain some of his wounds. Oh, and he has a Thunder Hammer. Oh, and he's carrying around a Thunder Hammer. Okay, he's on a bike. Along with that, uh, I had a Level 2 Librarian. Okay, who ended up rolling uh, invisibility, and uh, he had prescience. Okay, yes. Then I had three Space Marine bikers. Uh, the they had uh, melta guns, and the sergeant had a combi melta. And then I finally had an attack bike with a heavy with a, a multi melta on it. Okay. Yes. All right. Uh, then as my uh, Fast, oh, yes. oh. fast attack. I had two drop pods, yep. which were for the Skatari. And you had a land speeder. And I had a land speeder with a multi melta and heavy flamer. And then I had uh, the, the other star of the show, the other star that I wanted to play with was the Fire Raptor. I just built a Fire Raptor, Iron Hands Fire Raptor. It looks awesome. Love that model. Super hard, super difficult, probably the most difficult project I've ever done. But it turned out 
awesome and I love the way this model looks. So this is the first game I, I had playing with it. Uh, so that was the Iron Hands part. On my Skitari side, uh, I had a Skitari Maniple that included two units of Vanguard uh, with uh, each of them were five man units with two arc rifles in each. And the Alpha had uh, a Haywire, uh, the arc pistol, the yeah. Haywire pistol. All right. And then they had Omni Spexes so they could reduce cover saves or yeah. reduce cover. Uh, I also had a unit of infiltrators and I had a unit of rust stalkers. Okay. I had a iron uh, strider ballisterius with the uh, twin linked las cannon, Cognus las cannon. And then I had a Onager dune crawler with a neutron laser. Okay. And I think that was it in terms of my Skitari. All right. I think that's it. Okay. So that's my army. All right. Tell us your army. All right. I had. Well, it's, if we're talking, if we're going to start with the star of the show, yep. I had the mighty Stormlord. It's so beautiful. Vulcan Mega Bolter is just devastating. And it, the crazy part is it can hold 40 men. It has so many, it has three heavy bolters, spawn signs, each twin linked, has las cannons. The, Vul, the Vulcan Mega Bolter is insane. You can fire it twice if you stay still. Yeah. So let's let's uh, for people who don't know, the Vulcan Mega Bolter um, is uh, fifteen shots, strength six, AP three, and then if you if you don't move, then in the subsequent turn, you can fire a second time at a different target if you want. Yeah, it's just it's front yeah, armor it's, fourteen, I believe. Yeah, front armor fourteen, side thirteen, back twelve. Jeez. Okay. And then it has transport vehicle yeah, and it, it treats, the vehicle is treated as open top for the sake of embarking yeah, and disembarking. And nothing else. And, and it's firing it and nothing. So okay, 20 dudes can fire from it. So what did you stick inside the I, Stormlord? I stuck inside three squads of vets mm -hmm. because I wanted that BS4. Mm -hmm. And well, and between them, they had two auto cannon teams, a missile, a flak missile team. Which should have normal missiles and flak missiles, um, and seven flamer dudes. Oh my god! Seven, yeah. and can, anyone gets near this thing, <laughs> they're fried. Right, and then everyone else had las guns. Everyone else had las guns. All right, so thirty dudes inside. All right, stormlord. A, chi a chimera with plasma vets. Okay, three, whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, I had pask and a punisher along with an executioner. Pass with my HQ. He had heavy bolter sponsons, heavy bolter front. Uh, executioner had plasma sponsons. I had a wyvern. Mm -hmm. That was very useful. Mm -hmm. uh, I had a hellhound. And I had a vendetta, I believe. Yep. Three twin link glass cans and a vendetta. Uh. <laughs> All right. So we we play on our usual 4x4 board. Um, we set it up so... There was some blocking line of sight in the middle. There was one building in the middle. And there was a lot of uh, five-up cover save rocks and forests and things like that. Um, but not a, lot of, uh, not a lot of things to hide behind in the middle of, of the board. You won the roll-off. Oh, uh, the mission we played was uh, Purge the Alien. Of all things. So, yeah. Uh, of all things. You could not have gotten a better mission for your army. Yeah. I couldn't have gotten one that's worse. I, we we well the way we decide to play our missions we always let fate decide so we roll one to three and we're playing eternal war four five six and we're playing maelstrom yeah so we ended up playing eternal war and then we rolled up purge the alien so 
from it is basically kill points. Yeah, it's it's all kill points, which is insane. Uh, so my my army isn't geared to take on tanks. Clearly, if I've got rust stalkers and infiltrators, and I'm I'm kind of suffering here. But whatever. Yeah. Oh, and I had an Aegis defense line, which which actually came right. Handy. And your tanks had camo netting. You yeah. played you played the guard incredibly smartly. Just I got to tell you, you did everything right in terms of protecting your tanks. Oh, I thank you. On upon setup, mm-hmm. nothing. What enough? There were no infantry units on the table on my side of the table, at least. Right, none. <laughs> Just nothing but tanks. Nothing but tanks. It was <laughs> yeah, great. You had the wyvern, you had the stormlord, you had the chimera, you had the Pascal punisher, you had the executioner, and then you had the hellhound. Yeah. Oh yeah, the hellhound. You had a hellhound. Yeah, I did indeed. Okay, so you won. Uh, so you you deployed, and then I played. You won the roll off, so you went first. I tried to seize um, because you had a super heavy. I could seize on a five. I did not seize on a five. You ended up going first. What happened that first turn? Okay, so first turn, I immediately decide to target his um, crazy smash star. Yeah, because I, I do not want that librarian giving anyone invisibility. Thank you very much. Especially not a unit that can move 12 inches, and it is the only potential danger to my freaking great big old super heavy tank. Right. So I fire the super, I fire the Punisher at it. I am fairly certain I fired the Executioner at it. I fired the, I fired the, um, Stormlord at it. The Wyvern didn't fired then i don't know why i should have no he fired they just didn't fire at them yeah i know but what did he find no he didn't fire at anyone but he didn't i think he tried didn't try to finish off somebody well anyway yeah so what what ended up happening is i i quickly lost my three space marine bikers the ones with the melted guns yeah they were in front and so they they took the brunt of the damage um i kept doing lookouts here so i was able to save my librarian for a little bit longer but but no, by the end of that turn, all I was left with from that Death Star unit was Smash Ever. That's it. Just my chapter master on a bike. Yeah. Yeah. So immediately he takes the wind out of me. And let's talk about my horrible, horrible mistake at the beginning of the game. So I set up my infiltrators on the left flank. Oh yes. This was this was to quite. basically run upside. For whatever reason. They so they I, were he thought that it was a chimera, I not a hellhound. Yeah, his hellhound was set up on that left flank. And for whatever reason, I thought it was a chi- his chimera with the plasma vets. So I was going to be ready to charge it. Yeah. You do not charge a hellhound <laughs> <laughs> that has a torrent flame cannon because that thing, it will just do work on toughness three models. Yeah. Strength six, tough, toughness three. You're going to lose that equation every time. Yeah. And you killed four of my five. Yeah. Um, it was eight. It was eight before it just melted them. Yeah. I had a, I had a six up invuln save. Um, yeah. You had six up invuln save. First Katari that did nothing. Gloriously helpful. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't do anything. One guy, the alpha ended up uh, surviving and he yeah. ended up running away, I think. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so it, the disastrous first turn for me. I, I lost my my whole thing was to basically use the librarian to turn my Death Star invisible and then go up the field and and then take out your Stormlord. That didn't happen because you killed everybody except for the Chapter Master. I so I did it. not get off one psychic uh, thing at all. Yeah, it was, it was, for me it was yeah necessary. I I literally thought after that first turn 
there's no possible way I can win this game. Yeah. At that point. It was like, I, if I ever, I, there was never a moment in 40K more than I thought I was going to concede than there. And I'm like, let's start all over. <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was a bad first turn. So in my first turn, uh, I dropped an orbital bombardment on top of the Storm Lord. It worked. It worked. It worked. I knocked the whole point off of it. But you would think that a strength 10 AP1 thing would do more than that. But all it ended up doing was knocking out down it, one, one whole point from the uh, yeah. Storm Lord. So that was not that effective. Um, and then um, I hid my chapter master for now. I didn't want him basically taking the weight of fire because I know that he was trying to slay the warlord. Uh, my Both my draw pots came in with my uh, Skitari Vanguard. Yeah. And their uh, Haywire uh, rifles. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, so they ended up, they targeted and they ended up uh, destroying Pask Tank. So uh, you had already gotten first blood, but I got, um, I got Slay the Warlord uh, yes. with that, with destroying Pask. So I think that's, that's all that ended up happening on that turn for me is that I, I, I killed Pask. Um, yeah. And then I had my Skitari out there, you know, facing um, your, Cosmocutioner and your your uh, hellhound, right? And then I, uh, yeah. So then that was that was turn one. All right, all right. So what happened in turn two? In turn two, I believe um, the hellhound, the hellhound, I think, killed like four out of five members of one vanguard squad. Yep. That so that was quite quick. Yep. And then the uh, <laughs> wyvern killed. The entirety of the other squad, right? Yeah. So, so, and then so that so that was good. And then finally, the the last guy I reserved for the plasmacutioner. Right. So he took I think four plasma shots. Yeah. <laughs> he was he was missed by the end of that. <laughs> he was a he was the last alpha in the vanguard, and he had a power mall. So there was a possibility that he could damage something that he had, and he had a he had an arc pistol. I couldn't he let had him an arc pistol and a power mall. So there was a good chance he was going to actually do some work on one of your tanks, but you died. He evaporated in plasma. Yeah. So that that was not good. The gore. I think the uh, storm lord shot and killed the balistari. Yeah, that's true too. I have further deepening my depression. <laughs> <laughs> uh, knowing it, boy, this is the wrong army for this job. Yeah. Um, yeah. So in my turn two, I ended up, I think, taking another point off your storm lord with my uh, neutron laser from my onager dune crawler. Um, I ended up doing some damage with the um i have a, a space marine uh, squad with last cannon they may have done some damage on one of your tanks i forget what um and that's it i, I pretty much hid i pretty much ran away my rust stalkers i kept them hidden and then i kept uh, i ran away with my remaining infiltrator and they were kind of everybody was just panicked at this point and it's like survival because this is kill points and i'm like how, where do i hide so that you don't kill my guys at all it's turn two like nothing really good happened I didn't get uh, either the uh, uh, land speeder or the um, fire fire raptor in, into the game in yeah. turn two. But yeah. I, yeah, well, I didn't, and I didn't get my vendetta in. Right. So the game was going basically. You were you were winning the game, um, and then I think in turn three, my fire raptor comes in, puts two points whole points of damage on, on the hell. On your hellhound, yeah. right? And then and then the uh, rust stalkers came out, but that was significant. 
Yeah, I decided to run up my rust stalkers to, you know, they had melted bombs and I wanted them to try and do something against some of the tanks. Oh, and and Smash Ever had come out of his hiding yeah. and went directly for the Wyvern in such a way that it, my Stormlord couldn't hit it. Right. I, I basically uh, ran him forward and then I uh, accelerated him and during the... Yeah, he had a turbo boost. Though. He turbo boosted and then that way uh, he was out of line of sight for all your tanks. Yeah. And he was standing right in front of the wyvern, and the wyvern knew that he was he was done for. So I decided, yes. So I decided to fire at the um, the rust stalkers. That didn't do anything. The wyvern didn't do anything. But then I decided to point the stormward at them. That thing just disintegrates everything in a pink mist. Yeah. Again, only one survived. Only one survived. And then my eradicate my um, executioner killed the remaining infiltrator with my with uh, the chapter master in in good position um i ended up uh destroying the wyvern yeah my it, fire raptor did some good work uh my fire raptor killed ended, killed the hellhound yeah uh killed the hellhound finally killed that and then stayed hovering in the corner yeah. uh waiting for your uh vendetta to show up yeah right and then uh so after i killed the wyvern i i sort of hid behind cover in a building and uh, got closer to your stormlord because I had my eyes set on it. An uh, angry man with a hammer was coming for your Stormlord. Indeed. <laughs> yeah. But you had a plan. I had a plan. My seven flamers yep. wide in wait. Because I know as soon as he assaults, <laughs> D3 automatic hits for every single one of those. That's better. That is for him, for, yeah. that, for that particular unit, that actually is better than just having them fire normally because that you can still get more you could actually get more than you would normally yeah so so on the first time that uh smash effort went for your um storm lord the flamers poke out of the storm lord yeah. and then this wall of fire comes out and you ended up uh rolling 13 hits yeah i did funny that all this shooting all this ridiculous wall of fire, auto cannons, las gun. Actually, not auto cannons. You had las 26 las gun shots. 26 las gun shots. Thir- in that round, 13 flamer hits. Yeah, and none of it worked. Just bounced off. Bounced off. The so chapter master's bounced, armor. Bounced off. Him. He, I kept making my saving rolls because he's, he's, he's super tough. Yeah. He was wounded in one of your earlier storm war attacks, but because of the Gorgon's chain, he was able to regain his wounds. Yeah, he was. Yeah, so he, he he came in with full wound when he attacked. I yeah, I didn't have I didn't have anything that could really no. deal with smash ever right. effectively. Right. Like maybe the full brunt of the Stormward's power, but I couldn't because I couldn't move the Stormward. Yeah, the way you'd positioned it was smartly behind cover, but you had also kind of trapped yourself. Cuz I figured I cuz I figured I would it would be difficult to maneuver anyway. Yeah. And where I was, and I was just like, yeah, if they get me, if they get to me, I can't do much anyway. Right. You're going to fight at weapon skill one. Yeah. Right. Um, I ended up doing two attacks um, with uh, Smash uh, Smash Effort against the Stormlord, and I ended up doing something like six six wounds or something. Uh, I think it was, was it six wounds? I think it was like maybe four or three because the... Um, Oh, not for a while. The Dune Crawler, the Dune kept, Crawler kept doing kept damage. Dam- kept damaging. The Land Speeder came in. And it, it damaged it. It damaged it with Melta. And that- then, but those were both killed by the Storm Ward. Yeah, that's true. It it, it made them disappear too. Um, and so so basically, I ended up coming back in a strong way. I was catching up in victory points, and it was still a possibility if if uh, my Chapter Master would be able to destroy 
the uh, Stormlord, what was going to happen is that because it's a super heavy, it was going to explode. And it would vaporize everyone within it, getting a bunch of points. Strength D on everybody inside. <laughs> yeah, uh. it would have wiped out three units of vets, right? And then the explosion would might have actually damaged the uh, Chimera. Right, right next to the Stormlord. So there was a there was a good chance that I would have been able to actually do it because I think at one at, at the end of turn five. You had two whole points left on the Stormlord. Yeah, I had two whole points left on the Stormlord. Right. But then I rolled to see if the game continued. And it did not. And it did not, which is what always happens to me. The way the cookie crumbles. (laughs) Yeah, so today the good guys lost. Oh my, you can't even say that now. I'm not even playing Chaos or Necrons. You can't even say that now. (laughs) Yeah, Astro Militarum, they're they're evil. (laughs) (laughs) They're the Imperium. Every right, this is War Forty K. Everyone's evil. Right. You know, you got, your doctrine is wrong. <laughs> the Iron Hands. We're here to correct it. No, your doctrine is wrong. <laughs> we're here to correct it. All right. So the game ended on turn five. Uh, it was really close. We ended up uh, counting up with the points, and um, I ended up with uh, Slay the Warlord, Line Breaker, and the number of units I killed. I ended up with eight points. Yeah. Um, Alec, he ended up with nine points um, based on all the squishy units that the Sauromore turned into pink mist. Oh, yes. Yeah. Uh, that well, is a. I love that unit now. Yeah. Well, it's 530 points in the way you equipped it. In the way I equipped it, yeah. It was ridiculously expensive, but well worth it. Yeah. Because it just killed so much. I I have played only one other time with the Storm Lord, and that was um, at Next Gen Games and a game against orcs. And um, it just, like, entire units of orcs would disappear. Like, yeah, yeah dozens of models would just disappear. And you, and here's the thing. You were playing the Storm Lord, and, and we both forgot the rule that says that if it's stationary, it gets to fire a second time. So it was underpowered the way I played it, and it still turned and still just dis- annihilated yeah. everything. It is really one of the best super heavies out there. Yeah. Uh, so if you're considering uh, getting a super heavy for your Astromilitarium, Stormlord gets our vote. Um, I've got I've got one more super heavy kit. Yeah. That I haven't built. And you, you need to build that, man. Well, I'm not going to build on a Stormlord because I have a Stormlord. Oh yeah, no, no, no. Obviously not. We already have a. Storm. I don't think I That'd want a bane, a bane blade. I think I may build it as as a Hellhammer. Yeah. Hell. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Uh, it's strength ten and then ignores cover, which is so like crazy. Yeah. Uh. I know. That's crazy. Okay. Well. Okay. That ends our Halloween themed episode we hope you enjoyed it if you guys uh, enjoy the eye of terror podcast we love for you guys to go to itunes and leave a review some people have already so thank you very much we are both on itunes and on soundcloud so you can follow us in either ones but if you want to leave a review do it on itunes please it'll it'll help us mm-hmm. if you want to get a hold of us then please send us an email at the eye of terror podcast at gmail.com we've already gotten some fan mail so thank you very much and um, other than that, um, we will see you guys in a couple of weeks. Uh, have a happy Halloween. Play a lot of 40K. Eat a lot of candy. <laughs> yes. So uh, on that, I'm George. And I'm Alec. And we play 40K. We'll see you in a couple of weeks. <laughs> Bye. Bye.